0: God. Well, what's up? Good to see all of you today. Glad you're here. Believe God will do good things in your life today. Amen. Especially if you're new with us today, get ready, get ready, get ready. If you haven't already been touched, had an encounter with the Lord, then, then I believe you will still. Thank you, Lord. Hey, uh, quick Heads up! Wanted to tell you in advance about something happening in a week and a half, week from Wednesday. We have a excellent guest coming in to to speak and minister that night. I'll tell you who he is in a second. uh, (laughs) All right, I'll tell you. His name is Greg Fritz, and uh, looks kind of like that guy. he's, he's awesome, real deal, brings the goods, come to preach, pray, and prophesy. And, uh, that Wednesday night, week from this Wednesday, uh, if you get the Wednesday wrong, you're okay. Um, there will be no shortage of a move of God in the house. And, uh, but that Wednesday especially plan on, uh, being a part of that. It'll be great. Uh, we'll all be helped and ministered to and uplifted and, It'll be really, really good. God's been doing so many tremendous things on, in our believers' meetings on Wednesday nights. I tell you, it's, it's one of the big things that sets, sets us apart from a lot of churches these days uh, because not many people do that kind of service. Some don't even know what one is. Uh, but we do it for you so we can, we can grow. And, you know, we don't have a whole lot of time in these Sunday morning services to wait on the Lord and do the things that are necessary for acceleration in your spiritual life. We just don't. And, uh, but that's okay. These services aren't designed for that. Um, these aren't designed to be marathon services and everything. But we ha- offer other things so you're not left without. Yes. I would feel like as a, as a pastor, if, I didn't, um, if we didn't have what we do on Wednesday night, I would feel like I'm, I'm ripping everyone off. I really would. Even though we have good services on Sundays, and good things happen, and salvations happen every week, and healings happen every week, I would still walk away thinking, I'm not representing the Lord correctly. Meaning, meaning um, it's not incorrectly, but insufficiently. And, uh, and, so, and so that's why we, we do that for you. And uh, man, they're so good. Shoo. Shoo-wee. That's how you say it in the Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> this last week, we we probably spent an hour just in worshiping God, but it wasn't just singing songs. It was we were in the in the throne room. It was glorious. You ready for some word today? Let's deal with the here and now. Uh, if you have a Bible, find Matthew chapter twenty-eight, and we'll get into some really good things today. I've been teaching a series called "In Control." If you've been a part of the last several weeks, you're up to speed. If you're new with us, you can access these on our website. They're on the social media platforms and everything. You can li- listen to or watch all these things for free, and, and it'll be helpful. Uh, this particular truth, although I'm presenting it in a different way than I have in the past, but several years ago I taught a series that's like this, not, all, not exactly the same, but some of the key components. And uh, and I remember meeting like a year or two ago. Some people, I, I met them after the, one of our services. And they said, we're visiting from, from Tennessee. And uh, and I said, really? And I don't, I don't recall how they found us, but they've been watching online. And they pointed to the series that was kind of like this one, some of the same truths. Uh, it was called Authorized. And... Uh, uh, which is a book, basically, that I haven't finished. I only told you that so you can bug me about it. <laughs> but they told me that particular series really transformed them to so they watch and then they, had, they traveled here <laughs> to become a part of this. And so it's really, really important. And, uh, and they weren't slouches by any means. I remember, I mean, he was a medical doctor. And uh, so he knows things from the natural side, and these truths still were life transforming for them. And uh, let's get back into it today. In control. Matthew 28, verse 18 And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So, my primary focus from this passage, which has been our opening text each week, is where Jesus said, All authority has been given to me, you therefore go. He is, in essence, delegating the authority that was given to him to us or to the church. Okay? Why was authority given to him? Well, because God originally gave it to Adam and Adam gave it to Satan. So Jesus came in with a masterful plan and took it back. But when he once he had it again, the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and he had authority, he then turned it over to the church before he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, the, 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 the authority that, that Jesus won back belongs to us. If you're a believer, you have been authorized by God himself to carry out his will, okay? Now, it is illegal because of the Lord's work for Satan to inflict harm upon you. If you're a child of God and you are ever harmed by the enemy's activities with disease or poverty or oppression or all these things, then... That's done to you illegally. Have you ever figured out, like, just like in, in, in the natural world, crooks will break the law unless someone makes them stop? There are bad people in the world. Where does that come from? Well, they're influenced by the liar of all liars, by the thief of all thieves, by the one who's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And so that's why we have law enforcement that says, you know, you do that, you're going to the slammer. Right? Uh, when it comes to spiritual activity, Satan will afflict even the child of God if he's allowed to. It is illegal. He's not uh, doing it lawfully. But we must know our rights and speak up when an injustice take, takes place. Okay? So this just takes a little bit of revelation, knowledge, a little bit of education of spiritual matters so that we can recognize what's happening in our lives when it's illegal, so we can say, oh, hold on a minute here. Hold on, a minute. this is not supposed to happen. This is not acceptable. I'm not gonna allow this. And so you have to know that, you have to recognize what you can do, then you can do it. Uh, it's been common that we entertain a belief that, that crying out to God when something hurts and asking him to intervene is the correct response to all problems. And uh, I'm here to tell you that that's not the correct way to deal with all the things we, do, we deal with in life. Yes, he's the source. Yes, he's, he's our hope. Oh, but, but listen, crying out for him to change it is not always the correct approach. All right. Never do we see in the word of God that we are to pray to God to do something about the devil. Jesus already did something about the devil. Even though... Um, In the Old Testament, we find out, it not even before Jesus, but when God is at work, crying for him to do something is incorrect, but recognizing that he stands with us as we exercise dominion and so forth, uh, that is the correct approach. I know who I am, I know that he's with me, he backs up what I say. One of the most notable miracles recorded in scripture is the parting of the Red Sea. Most people know that in church, out of church. You've heard about the Red Sea parting. Uh, The the simple background there, Israel, they were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. God sent Moses to go get them out. There was great a demonstration of judgment with the 10 plagues, finally Pharaoh gave in and said you guys can go. So Moses led this massive group of people out of Egypt and they're going by foot to the promised land. One of their first obstacles was the Red Sea. By the time they got to the Red Sea, we also find out that Pharaoh had changed his mind. And sent his armies after them, said, go get them. In fact, he went out there with them. Let's go get them back. So they got the army behind them, the sea in front of them. And so what would be the natural response? Well, it depends on what you know. But what Moses did is he cried out to God, help, right? And you think that sounds logical. I know, but it's interesting that God didn't really appreciate it. Look Look! Look! what he said. Well, we'll put it up. Exodus 14, 15, and 16. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? How many would stop and think, Who did you want me to cry to? (laughs) I mean, how about because you're God? You are the Lord, and we're in a bind. That's why I'm crying out to you. But the Lord said, Remember, he's always right. We never take human side against God natural thinking our logic and contradict the Lord no he's right so we got to think like he does why do you cry to me tell the children of Israel to go forward but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea do you see what the Lord told Moses Don't cry to me, divide the sea. And again, you might think, well, excuse me for not knowing that I had sea dividing ability. (laughs) But watch, let's stay on God's side. Apparently, he expected Moses to know that through all the experiences that he had with Pharaoh and the demonstration of God's power. And he gave him that rod to use as authority. And, and so he expected him to just continue using it on whatever. You know, if you've, ever, if you've ever come up against a situation and you thought, I don't know if there's a precedent for what I'm dealing with. I don't, can't find a verse that deals exactly with what I'm going through. Okay, Mo- I doubt Moses had any verses about red seeds. Let's see, what do you do in this situation? Oh, stretch out the rod. No, some of this, we're, I think we're supposed to figure it out. Now, with the Lord's help, if the Holy Spirit's our helper. He's in us. He's for us. But we're supposed to say, okay, I've been given this authority. What should I, how should I address this situation? Amen. But it's not always, God help. It's, see, you're about to be divided. Amen. But we, likewise, we are to use our, quote, rod, if you will, to, do, uh, to deal with situations and do the works of God in our life. All right? And this is what we need to do uh, to, to live in victory. So what's our rod? Well, our rod is authority. And it can be described this way with a very important and very powerful and precious name, and that is the name Jesus. The name Jesus. We know that we have authority in the earth because we have been given use of Jesus' name. If we were to skip all the things we've taught up until this point, and this were part one, this would be sufficient for all of us to know that we are authorized by God himself to carry out his work and his will because he gave us the right to use the name of Jesus. Now if you would, turn to Mark chapter 16, just the next book over if you found Matthew, Mark chapter 16, this is a very popular passage, but it's popular for good reason. Before Jesus uh, went to be seated at the right hand of the father, he said this and other things to his disciples. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out Demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I want you to note that Jesus did not say to them, those who believe will lay hands on the sick. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. That's not what he said. He said, in my name, they will do these things. In my name. Say, does that really matter? That makes all the difference. We do these things not in our own name, or we could say our own might or authority or ability. We do it using his name. Okay, what does that mean? It means whatever Jesus could do, we could do in his name. Oh, we can do what Jesus did. How could that be? I'm not talking about our ability. I'm not talking about our might. We're talking about the Lord. We can do whatever he could do because we're not doing it in our name. We're doing it in his name. Yeah. Jesus laid hands on the sick. Jesus cast out demons and so forth. All right. Say, well, Jesus didn't speak in new tongues in other tongues. I know because that was for the dispensation of the church that was just coming just right after he was finished on the day of pentecost but whatever he could do we could do in his name we could say it this way when someone is given the use of another person's name that that is often referred to as the power of attorney okay we know that in our own culture when someone may be un incapable of of making decisions through a disability of some kind, they they may sign over to someone else the right to use their name. Now they can access their finances and make decisions on their behalf. If you have power of attorney using someone else's name, you can pretty much do whatever you want, whatever you deem to be best. That's why they gave it to you, okay? When we have been given the, the, the right to use the name of Jesus, that, this is like, whoa, I don't know of a better word. This is big time, what? You signed over power of attorney to us to use your name while we're down here to, do, to carry on out your business? That's what he did. That is exactly what Jesus did. So um, when someone has your name, they act on your behalf. So we act on the Lord's behalf? We do. We do. We have power over the devil. Why? Well, because Jesus does. And he gave us his name. We could say it this way. When we do something in the name of Jesus, we are doing it in his stead, we occupy the place of Jesus in the earth today, and we do his will. We speak his word. We're doing it instead of him doing it. For example, we could say, uh, if Jesus were here, he would do such and such. Well, how do we know what he would do? Well, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to tell us what he would do. We can, we can get the picture. If Jesus were here, this is what he would do. But he's not here. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, but I'm here in his place. All believers can say that. I'm here in his place, and so I will do what he would do. I'll do it in his name, and it'll be just as good. (laughs) I know that's a strong statement, so say it out loud. Say, it will be just as good. When I act in his name, it's the same as if he acted. That's the power of this. Uh, How would you feel about Jesus laying hands on you today? If we said, hey, we have a guest minister in the house. (laughs) Who is it? (laughs) It's Jesus. (laughs) How many would be in the prayer line? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm in it. If there's nothing wrong with me, I'm going to make something be wrong with me. You know, Jesus, put your hands on me. Because we would be overwhelmed with, oh, this is it right here. I mean, the Lord himself, he's powerful. Yeah. But what does this revelation tell us? That Jesus is not here in the flesh, but we're here in his place. So if a believer lays hands on another person in Jesus name it's the same as if Jesus did it say well what what do we need to make this work well it inherently works but the only thing when I say what's needed is you just need to know what that name is you need to know what it contains what it represents you need to know everything invested in it so when you use it it's powerful it's not a magic formula It's just not some kind of hocus-pocus. This is God himself standing behind his people saying, when you stay it, when you do it, and you do it in the name of Jesus, I'm going to make it happen. Go over to John 16, if you would. Just short, right turn, go past Luke, pull into John's driveway... John 16, verse 23. John 16, 23. Jesus said here, and in that day... Now, that day is what day? That's our day. That's the day of the the, the church after he was raised from the dead. This is his teaching right before he was crucified. In that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name... He will give you until, until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. So watch. Jesus isn't telling them they've never asked for anything before. He didn't say, now you guys have never prayed, never asked for anything. No, he said, you've never asked in my name. Throughout the Old Testament, they prayed even during the days of Jesus, they pray. They would pray to the Father and ask Him. They just wouldn't do this in Jesus' name. He says, things are about to change. And this is a major change. I don't take these words lightly at all. He said, you're going to ask in my name. And because you ask in my name, whatever you ask is going to be done. You, you might recall uh, in Matthew chapter 6, when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And then the famous prayer, our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That was the prayer. Do you notice there's no in Jesus name on that prayer? Why? Well, that's because that's it, it was not a prayer for in that day. It was a prayer for the current time before he died on the cross, before he was raised from the dead. Old covenant. In that day, you're not gonna pray like that anymore. Okay? You're gonna pray a different way. You're going to address the father and you're going to address him in my name. And when you do it that way, there's no maybes. There's no, yeah, he's gonna think about doing something for you. If it's your lucky day, this might even work. You're gonna throw up a prayer. No, in that day, you're gonna ask, and whatever you ask in my name, he will do that thing for you. That's what the Lord said. Amen. And so, uh, with this prayer, there's absolute statements. You could say it this way. In essence, Jesus gave us a blank check. He signed on the signature line. You guys remember what checks are? Okay, he gave you his password to his Apple Pay or something. (laughs) He gave us a blank check. He signed it and said, you fill it in. Now, if that blows anyone's mind at all, good. Our minds need to be blown with God's thoughts, not limiting almighty God to what we can think. You're saying I can fill it, I'm not saying anything, Jesus said that. Knowing this, I might wanna up my requests. Why are you filling it out for five cents? Yeah, you have to do things with conviction in your heart and you do what you believe, but this is what Jesus put as the potential blank check. Whatever, that's the blank. Whatever you ask in my name, that's what the Father's gonna do for you. Everybody okay? And so knowing this potency and this great responsibility that we have of using his name I want to keep this very holy. I don't want to make jokes about the name of Jesus. I don't want to be casual with it. I don't want to use it for non-serious activity. Here's here's what I mean by that. Uh, I I would never joke with someone and say, in Jesus' name, be healed, if I didn't really mean that. I wouldn't just say, ha, you'll be fine in Jesus' name, just casually, if I didn't have conviction and belief behind what I'm saying and doing. Is everybody with me? Yeah. Well, why, why wouldn't I? Well, again, certain things are to be holy in our lives. This is one reason, holy. Like Leviticus 17 says, the tithe is holy. I can't spend the tithe of them all. I can't take the tithe and just buy something I want. Why? I'm taking holy and spending it on common. Holy means this is the Lord's and I'm going to keep it in that category. You know what I'm talking about? That's how the rest of your life gets blessed is when you recognize what's holy and what's not. Okay. With, with, with the name of Jesus, I don't want to treat it just like any other name. I want to keep that with great respect and honor. In my life. It's kind of like you know the saying, "Don't play with guns." Why is it not a good, uh, why is it a good idea to not play with guns? Because of the potential of what they can do. They've got power. <laughs> they they ha- they have great force. And so, if I'm going to use a gun, handle a gun, I need to know a few things about that gun to stay safe and to have some kind of respect for it. Amen. So always when we use the name of Jesus, there's honor in our voice, there's respect in our hearts, and there's expectancy for power, okay? Um, Even when, I wanna encourage you along this line as well. Even when talking about God in a general way, G-O-D, God, that's used way too casually in society. Uh, Often it's people who don't know the Lord, but many times it's people who do know the Lord and they just adopt the world's language and, oh my God, OMG is everything. And they're neither speaking about God nor to God. They're just throwing that out in a casual way. Ah, that doesn't sit sit well with me. I think, no, I need to honor him. I need to keep that holy in my life. If I need to be shocked with some other exclamation you know that's moral and everything and <laughs> honorable then do that but i want to keep the lord in my heart and anything i refer to him as as holy as special and uh, i'm either again i'm either speaking to him or i'm speaking about him you, you might recall it in the the old testament the 10 commandments top 10 remember number 3 was do not take the the lord's name in in vain in exodus 20 Do not take the name of the Lord in vain. I think that's still true in the new covenant, that we still honor the name of God. But the the name of of the Lord and the right to use his name is really confined to sacred things, okay? Prayer and praise and prophecy and teaching, uh, conversing with him, communing with God or talking to his people, I want to keep the name of the Lord in that context lest it becomes a, a minor thing with me. And, and by the way, the name of Jesus should never be equated to like um, uh, uh, the end. <laughs> you know, sometimes people, when people pray, da 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 Jesus' name, amen. Almost like da 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 That's all, folks. it's not just the ending of a prayer it's not a religious statement it should carry great weight with us and so when I make requests and I pray whether I'm just blessing my food (laughs) or asking for something very important when I say his name oh that this all of a sudden this just took on a holiness a reverence because we just we just connected with great authority when we said it and we pray and we say these things in Jesus' name. Kind of like if, if you've ever shot a gun, I'm sure I know most or many of you have, but if you can remember those who are, are handle firearms the first time, like maybe the first time you ever shot a shotgun, if you have. I imagine not everyone has shot a shotgun. Shotguns will, will hit you in the shoulder right boom (laughs) and there's a little bit of hesitancy when you're about to pull that trigger for the first time right you're aiming and you're getting ready you're not knowing how hard I remember as a kid doing this not knowing how hard this is going to hit me in the shoulder (laughs) and then it's like boom I was like did that hurt no (laughs) you know when an older sibling or something says that no I'm good (laughs) <laughs> but even, 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 using, <laughs> even using a handgun or something like that, more than like a twenty-two, but something with a little bit of potency, it's like there's a little bit of hesitancy. I think that's good for firearms because it's real. I think that's also true about using the name of Jesus when we say or when we pray. It's holy. It's powerful. It contains the full summation of all that Jesus did in his redemptive work. And I'm about to, I'm about to pull the trigger. Hammer is back, and I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to do this, and in the name of Jesus, boom! Yeah. Now, what you might you may or may not feel a boom in the physical realm, but know for certain in the realm of the spirit, all heaven says. They stand at attention. This is honoring the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Someone with faith just spoke out the name and his resurrection just went, it's just reverberated across the universe. And when someone knows what they're doing, I tell you, demons shake, hell trembles. Oh no, someone is using that name again. That name that gives them nightmares because of Jesus' redemptive work and how he defeated Satan. When we speak it, it's not casual, it's not light. Get ready. I'm praying. Here we go. Boom. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let me show you one more thing. Got time? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It's in Acts. Um, Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 4, uh, over in, in, the, in, the, in the first verse, this was a, a situation with the lame man that was sitting there. And let me read it kind of fast, just for time's sake. Acts, did I say 4? 4? I meant three. <laughs> Forgive me. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and, and John went, went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom he laid, at the, laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up. And rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking leaping and praising God so that's a well known miracle just wanted to point out this very same truth from this passage there's a lot in there we could say but they didn't just say to the guy get up you're crippled. Come on, get up. Very specifically, he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. Was that phrase important? Yes. What, 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 or did it matter? Could he, just say, could he have just said, you know, in the name of whoever, <laughs> whoever you want, in the name of Peter and John, rise up. Would that have worked? no. It was, we're doing this not in our own name or our own power, on our own commission. We're doing this authorized by the head of the church. And I say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. That's what made the guy rise up and walk. That's what brought his healing. And so what we need to do is know what we have. Um, We are, if we're ever intimidated by the severity of a disease or a problem of some nature then we don't really know what we have if we think oh this person they've got big problems ooh they have the c word come on you guys we all need to pray for this one why do we we all need to pray so the name of jesus works really well on angnails and headaches but if you have something more serious, you got to have lots of human effort. How about we know what's contained in the name? And when we know what is, everything else seems easy. I remember the movie years ago, Crocodile Dundee. If you've seen Crocodile Dundee, it's an old movie uh you might recall that he's from the outback in in Australia, and he lived on the land and dealt with wild animals, and he was one tough guy, okay? And, but when he got to New York City, it was all new to him, and uh, one day there was this thug on the streets that wanted to rob uh, Mick and whatever her name was, and uh, comes out with this little switchblade. Give me your money, your wallet, you know, and Mick, without any fear whatsoever, looks at him, and he says, that's not a knife. <laughs> this is a knife. And he pulls out this blade. <laughs> this massive blade that he used in the, in the outback and just goes, and kind of cuts up the guy's coat. And they go running. And uh, that is a little bit of a picture of what we have with his name versus what the enemy comes against us with. Even if it's a... If you think, oh, this is a big problem. This is a serious condition. In your mind, put it in perspective. Maybe it's serious if you didn't have the name of Jesus. But if you do, that's not a disease. (laughs) That's not a knife. That that weapon formed against me, that won't prosper. This is a knife. (laughs) And we pull out capital J. (laughs) I say in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are so much more powerful than you realize. Again, not because of your own goodness, because of what he did, but you know it. When you know it, you're awesome. <laughs> when you know it, you're potent. Come on, when you know what he has given you to do, what he's authorized you to do. When, when they were describing that lame man at the beautiful gate in verse 16, they said it this way. And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong whom you see and know. His name did this through what? Through faith in his name. Now watch. Faith in his name means you know what's contained therein. You know about the potency of the power of the authority of that name. It's not about... Uh, like I said before, it's not like a magic formula. It's not about, oh, I've been doing this wrong. I've been saying in Jesus' name, and I should have said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No, you missed the point. That is not the point, okay? It's not about just saying it this way. You realize we don't speak the same language they did, okay? What's said in English as Jesus will be said as Jesus in, in Spanish, will be said as Yeshua in other, will be said, you can say that name in different languages and it comes out in different ways. What's important? The revelation is. It's faith in what Jesus did. And when we use his name, kaboom, all of heaven backs us up. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) amen. And so again, this is um, about believing the right thing. But once we know it, once we know what we've got, once we know what he did, once we know that his name has been given for our use, and we know what's contained therein, now life is totally different. This is absolutely destructive to a defeated life. Hallelujah. And so I I think you ought to get ready. Pull the hammer back concerning some things in your own life yeah in fact we're going to do that right now all right I want you to think about something if there is anything but if there is something in your life that needs a little application of the powerful force contained in the resurrected Christ and his name then I want you to use it use it on yourself you can use it on others later I say on, for, but use it in your own situation right now. Here's what I mean. Uh, If it's health-wise, if there's a condition that has a name in your, uh, you've been, you know, diagnosed or have a condition that has a name, you know exactly what to say. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be, you know, perfectly said. It's not about, it's about, I know about that name. And you can say Arthritis. You leave my body right now. Ready? In the name of Jesus. Or whatever the condition is, you are authorized in your own life to use what Jesus did for you. It can be related to your children. It could be be a financial thing. It can be whatever kind of... It can be emotional or bondage or depression or darkness or any of this kind of stuff. You can call it out right now and say, just give it a name. What if I don't say it exactly right? That's not the point. You give it a name, whatever it is, that needs to exit your life. And you use the name on it. And say, you leave... You leave me today. Amen? You ready to do this? Where's my keyboard player? You need cover noise. Praise God. And I'm going to pray. I'll pray in a general way. I'll just pray out loud and give you more cover. I know some of you, many of you are seated close and everything like that. And that doesn't, I don't care. But... You'd say at whatever volume you need to, quiet or loud. That volume's not the issue. Faith in the name is what works. And you speak to your own situation. Ready, ready, ready? Come on, let's do this. And you go ahead as soon as you're ready. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that demons flee. I thank you that darkness is overcome by the light. I thank you that the resurrected Christ living in us is overpowering and overcoming every sickness, disease, every problem, every curse of the law, all despair, all darkness, all poverty and lack, all mental oppression. We speak to it in the name of Jesus today and command it to go. We say cancer, you get in Jesus' name and arthritis, you leave in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that there is great power in that name and every sickness, every disease, every curse is subject to it. So we use it today by faith. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. These things leave now in Jesus name. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Father, we thank you today for the great release of your spirit and power in our lives. We're so grateful for all that Jesus has done on our behalf. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. For some, it's even like uh, uh, you can sense the power of God moving through your body right now. (laughs) Uh, Coming up your legs. (laughs) Lord, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you thanks and we give you praise for your great power on demonstration, on display in the lives of your people. We worship you, we give you glory. Holy is your name. Holy are you, Lord. We reverence all that you have given us, and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, the Lord is good. Thank you, Lord.